This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Oh, hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay the world. I am Paul Gallant. It is Wednesday, April 7th of 2021. And last night I had my first, oh, Mariners moment. Still dealing with it this morning. A little bit of my optimism that you probably heard from me over the last couple of weeks. Could the Mariners be the 2015 Houston Astros? It's wavering right now. Because of... Already? Yes, Maura Dooley. And I apologize for this. And you know what? Maybe I'm just wishy-washy or temperamental or overreactionary. I am a sports talk show host, so you're going to have to cut me some slack on it, at the very least the latter part of it. But everything that I have experienced with the Seattle Mariners until last night has been pretty, pretty good. Promising start from Kyle Lewis. He wins the American League Rookie of the Year. The first Mariners game I went to, Kyle Lewis went yard last season. Look, you didn't have high expectations, but they were scrappy. They were frisky. At the beginning of this year, I was thinking, okay, well, you've added to the lineup and you brought a really talented arm who can hit 100 miles per hour into the mix in James Paxton. And then I got the full James Paxton experience in his first start and what hopefully won't be his only start for the Mariners this coming season. But I don't know what to expect. He strikes out two in the first inning. I'm thinking to myself, eh, eh. You know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait to join the Maple Grove. I got my T-shirt. I am ready to finally join a sports cult. And then I look up at the television, and I see him holding his side. And I see him walking off the mound and being escorted off the mound. And I was like, are you kidding? What? That quick? And everyone had told me, and I didn't. I didn't heed some of y'all, and, and and now I'm starting to understand the plight of being a Mariners fan. You are constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop, the leg of the table to be pulled out. And I don't want to say that this is going to all of a sudden spell doom and gloom for the rest of the season, but oh boy, it is just a major bummer and a bummer for. James Paxton more than anybody who talked about it after the game. Uh, you're just frustrating. You know, I feel like uh, for me, it's kind of been one thing after another. I work really hard and do everything that I can to be out there and I'll continue to do so. And hopefully I can catch a break and stay healthy for a, for a good chunk of time uh, in the future. You can hear the depression in his voice. And I mean, why not? It's an elbow injury, and we all know that those are the really dangerous ones in pitching these days. Danny and I had a conversation about that this morning. Why that has become such an issue over the years, I'm not 100% sure. But, yeah, it happens, and injuries and James Paxton have sadly gone hand in hand. I want to address a specific group of sports fans because of James Paxton. And I know some of you are actually listening right now. You are the kind of person that would call someone like James Paxton glass. 
And I got to say, you're the worst. There is something to be said about the person who looks at an athlete and because the athlete gets injured through no fault of their own. I mean, you can't help your own genetics as far as maybe your bones are a little more brittle than others, or maybe your ligaments are not as strong as others. Every single human body is unique in its own way. And I know this sounds like some sort of goose fraba message. It's not. I hate it when people will call an athlete glass. I hate it when someone calls an athlete soft and it's because he's injured, not because of something that maybe he does on the court, basketball, you flop or something like that. Football, take a dive essentially when someone gives you a slight tug on the jersey. That's soft. When you call someone who gets injured a lot soft or glass, you stink. You're the worst. Honestly, I imagine some of you people that say that on a regular basis would struggle to walk up a flight of stairs. And we see this so often, often enough, that I feel the need to dress those people down. I haven't seen it a whole lot with James Paxson, but I did see the Maple Grove Twitter account say that there were some taggings of both James Paxton and that, and just constant trash talk about a guy who has no control over this. I know a lot of people think, like, you can do all these preventative measures to not get injured. Like, oh, well, if he stretched a little bit more, he might be a little bit better. Oh, if he had his Boniva, he wouldn't have had that fracture. But in reality, there is no control there. So I just want you to think twice the next time that you think a guy is soft or glass because, he gets in, because he's injury prone. And just think about yourself in that same situation. Because honestly, you would not last half a second compared to that athlete. Just wanted to get that one off my chest. Now we're going to dive into our favorite topic, and it's going to lead to the Paul Galancho question of the day, a question that not really is a question as much as it's a cry for help. We heard two people weigh in on the Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks situation over the past 24 hours. Here is Warren Moon, who feels that the Seahawks and Russell Wilson are headed for a divorce. The marriage is not going to end very well going down the road. I think this squabble is going to turn into more of a, uh, a separation and then a divorce at some point. And, and that usually happens with most most players anyway. You just don't like it to happen um, because of you know the two sides not getting along. But when a player plays in one, one place probably 10 years or more, there's a good opportunity that he's probably not going to finish his career there. Huh. Okay. Well, it seems like... Warren Moon's a little late to the party on this one, but we also have to keep in mind that Warren Moon and Russell Wilson, at the very least at one point, had a relationship. So it's possible that some information is being funneled across a telephone line or something like that. I don't know if those, do those exist? I think they exist. People do have landlines still. You get a landline because like the cable bill, the cable company wants to give you this giant bundle and like, oh, here's a, here's a landline. Now you're going to get a ton of telemarketer calls. Then on the other side of things, you have Brandon Marshall pulling the uh, Neville Chamberlain piece in our time. He has breaking news, and it's that the Russell Wilson and Seahawks situation is now done. I am about to report this conversation is over. Russell Wilson is going to be a Seattle Seahawk for a very long time. Now, we can't predict the future. We, can't, we don't know if, you know, you got so many things that can come into play down the road. We know that. But right now, 
Pete Carroll sat down and said, you know what? The philosophy difference, the, the change, the, the difference in philosophy that we had, we're all, let's get on the same page. I need to give my Hall of Fame quarterback everything he needs to be successful and lead this team. They're on the same page. I have a hard time buying what Brandon Marshall is selling there. And I know that uh, Fox Sports 1 has been characterizing Brandon Marshall as the guy who broke this story, that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks weren't happy, which led to the Dan Patrick interview, which led to Russell Wilson in his Walter Payton Man of the Year press conference, also addressing the fact that he has been hit a whole lot. But I just think about the last audio that we played of Brandon Marshall on this show yesterday, which makes me feel that you have to take everything that Marshall says with a grain of salt. And at the same time, this is a guy that you would think would have an outlet to Russell Wilson. So I'm trying to figure this out. Please help me out. These are not compatible statements, and they were made within 24 hours of each other by two people that you would think are in the know, relatively at least. So what's going on? I got to say, what I heard out of Brandon Marshall is probably the one that I have a harder time believing. Just because I, I don't think Pete Carroll is going to go have an individual one-on-one conversation with Russell Wilson and say, oh, you want all these things done? Oh, well, by golly, we're going to do it. Like, that's, that's not him. He's going to sell them on what the direction of this team is. And the direction of the team was they need to fix the offensive line. That was obvious, whether or not Russell Wilson was upset last year. And they want to keep some of the pieces intact. Actions speak louder than words. The way that Russell Wilson was talking through his court, essentially, that reeked of somebody who was tired of hearing words and wanted to see actions. A Gabe Jackson trade is enough to end this thing forever? Oh, okay. (laughs) I have a hard time buying that, too. So please help me out. I need to make an evidence board. You know, like you see in those detective movies. Get a picture of Colin Coward's face. Get another picture of Brandon Marshall. We put Warren Moon on it. I'm not sure who else we'd put on it. I don't think we put Dan Patrick on it. We probably put Mark Rogers on it. In fact, Mark Rogers is probably like the big face in the middle of it, and then all the tendrils are going out in different directions. Maybe I'll actually build this on my own time because I'm a loser and have no life. It is 10:10. It is time for no, it's not. It's 10:12, 10:13. I can't read the clock. It's time for what's trending. Brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Maura Dooley. Maura, what's going on? That sounds like quite the undertaking. Yes. But I think we need to know, so I'm interested to see what you find out in your investigation. I'm going to have to talk to Stacey Rost, who I think is a master at arts and crafts. Yes, she is. So to make this as organized and and good-looking as possible. But yeah, I think... the neatest handwriting I've ever seen. It's impossibly neat. My handwriting, I can't even read it. Yeah, I I, I wrote something... I think I wrote... (laughs) I don't know what I wrote on this piece of paper. It says the something... My handwriting got worse being a server because you learn to just scribble a bunch scribble of stuff quickly. really fast. And yeah, I feel like I used to have better handwriting. Did you ever have issues actually relaying the order to the chefs and cooks or 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 anything like that because you couldn't read it after a while? No, but at, sometimes I would just uh, you know start writing in like every corner of the page, all angles, and I'd have to be like, wait, was this for this table or was this for that table? <laughs> Unrelated side story. We 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 uh, we had somebody take an order, Mora, when we were watching the Zags games on Monday night, without writing anything down. There's nothing that's more paranoia-inducing than the waiter who can 
at least believe that he remembers the entirety of the order in his head. Like, it, no matter if that person yeah. actually does have the whole thing down, there is always a little bit of paranoia when that happens. Yeah, God, I just wrote it down automatically most of the time. I would only ever attempt that if I was like didn't have a pen on me and it was only two people. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a waiter's... Something always comes up on your way back to ring it in. Yes. We're going to have a waiters and cashiers podcast at some point, Moore and <laughs> yeah. I, but uh, what's going on in the world of sports? All right. Uh, Scott Service gave us some updates last night on Jake Fraley and James Paxton, who both left the game injured. Hopefully, when Shannon Dreyer joins us later on the show, we'll have even more updates. Pax left the game, um, had a strained muscle in his forearm. Um, he'll get uh, MRI tomorrow morning. Uh, and Jake Fraley, uh, you know, tweaked a hamstring pretty good, so he'll also get an MRI tomorrow morning. So uh, disappointing, I know, for Pax and, and for all of us. Really looking forward to get him back. And uh, thought he could have been a big part of our rotation, but we'll just have to wait and see how the MRIs come out tomorrow. And and see where that leads us. Oh. Didn't sound too optimistic about getting Paxton back the way he was speaking there. No, and, and when we heard him talk about Kyle Lewis more, uh, it wasn't as if Kyle Lewis is right around the corner either, which would definitely make this Jake Fraley injury a little less concerning. And it's a hamstring. I, I'd imagine he's going to be gone for 10 days or something like that. Problem is, I mean, he's actually been one of your more competent players as far as just getting on base he's been drawing walks right like crazy and the Mariners have been struggling so much at the plate I mean that's the one that you you got to keep an eye on too and hopefully Lewis will be back with this this bone bruise that he has yeah not not good news thus far to open the season and honestly and the, the Mariners play the White Sox later this afternoon hopefully they're able to salvage the final game of this set that White Sox team is really, really good. That's really the only positive spin job I can put on this entire thing is that, like, the Gras said yesterday, the White Sox might win the World Series, so we shouldn't be too upset about potentially getting swept or losing two or three to them. Expectations. They're lowered. All right, one quick one here. I know we're running a little bit late. Adam Schefter joined DiPietro, Canty, and Rothenberg. The Rolls longest, out the tongue. The longest show name I've ever heard of. And, uh, he's very confident in who he thinks the 49ers will take at pick number three. Shefty, what are you hearing about who's going to be the third quarterback off the board? Oh, be Matt Jones. Oh, okay then. Wow. Quick, to the point. Why don't they just call themselves DCR? I don't know, man. That is a, that's a rough... Just, yeah, it has no flow. DRC. I think that works. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones to San Francisco. I think that Kyle Shanahan will get the most out of him, but I'm just surprised that if they're going to go the route of having Jimmy Garoppolo as the starting quarterback next season, that they would be fine with Mac Jones, who seems like he's the most pro-ready of all these guys, but probably has the lowest ceiling as the guy that they take in. I mean, I think you roll the dice on either Trey Lance or Justin Fields see what he brings to the table. Yeah, if you're going to have him sit for a year anyways, which is what Schefter went on to say, yeah. he's pretty confident they want to do. Right. I mean, Mac Jones is is closer to the old school kind of quarterback than he is to the new school kind. And the other four in this draft class, they all can move. And they all do things differently. Mac Jones is like, all right, here I am. Could be wrong on that, but I, I'm, I'm not that optimistic about him. All right, that's what's trending with Maura Dooley. This hour of the Paul Galan Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration this is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay, the world. Some of you guys are very mad about my comments about the word glass. Well, I'm sorry that uh, 
those who throw uh, glass uh, stones at glass houses are probably going to get fired back upon. You know what it is? This might have happened before you got here, but I think CJ Prosize from the Seahawks got to the point where all of us, even us that try to be understanding, I think 90% of Seahawks fans and people who talk about them ended up referring to him that way. Oh. Like, we couldn't take it anymore. It was like three years of, like, every time you think he's going to come back. And then Carol even kind of made a comment in a presser that was basically like, yeah, well, we thought he was going to be back, but he doesn't think he's ready. So he kind of made it seem like he mm. he was not toughing it out. So I think we all feel like we're guilty. Okay. And you chastised us. Well, yeah, I am. That's just speaking for myself, but I know there was a lot of us. And and, and as a talk show host, what I I am and I I'm, I hopefully get the saying right the second time around. I am throwing stones from a glass house at your glass speaking lips and it's time for you guys to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 10:15 with Paul Gallant. Be Glad and glass and soft are different, writes one texter, but people use them the same way. I I feel like it's a derogatory term. And one person who called me a turd says that (laughs) said that, uh, well, you're you clearly haven't heard about the term glass jaw. I'm sure this is one of those Pantera knuckle draggers who consistently comes after me because I don't like Pantera, because I guess that makes me less of a man or something like that. Clearly, Paul would never watch fighting. Okay, great. Aggressive this morning, Paul. Yeah, you know, I'm a little I'm a little hostile. I don't like it when people call athletes class. I think it's demeaning, mean, and yeah, I guess maybe that makes me sensitive or soft or something like that. But I I I know that's coming out here. With James Paxton right now, I think glass is insulting, and I think that soft you better you better come right when you're calling somebody soft, and there are examples of it, but I feel like we need to do something about those two words and force them into I don't know the Webster's book of uh, sports, a Webster's dictionary for sports or something like that, or a Urban Dictionary. For sports, because I just don't like hearing it said about somebody. They have no control over it, and you're like, oh, he's glass. He stinks. Okay, how about I wouldn't take a risk on the guy because he gets injured a lot. It's all about how you do it. I don't like insulting these guys when they have no control over it. It would be one thing if it was somebody who was doing stupid things over and over again and the same thing kept on getting hurt, and it was like off the field, okay? That's something that might be worth criticism. But if it's something that's on the field, and it's different body parts, too, in particular, that's that's unfair. And I am concerned about James Paxton in this elbow, and we'll see. We're going to hear a little bit more from Scott Service, but at this point in time, I just don't want to hear anybody calling an athlete class because of that. More your explanation with C.J. Prosize, definitely understandable. And I'm not saying there aren't athletes who do maybe ham it up a little bit. But I don't think that necessarily makes them glass. Everyone has different levels of pain tolerance as well. I mean, some of us listening right now, I imagine, are able to withstand great pain. Others, maybe not so much. It all varies. I find it incredible what quarterbacks are able to withstand. The pain tolerance that they have. But it's not something you can control. 
some people, yeah, they do need to tough it out a little bit, and maybe they need to talk to a teammate and say, and and hear from them saying, like, this is what I'm playing through right now, man. So if you want to be out here with us, you can, but you're going to have to tough it out. But I don't like it when we're saying it about somebody who just constantly is getting hurt and has no control over whether or not he is going to be able to be healthy the next game. You know who I heard this a lot about? And this actually angered me because I respect this guy's game so much. Chris Carson. We heard this about Chris Carson recently. He's played in 83% of games. Tristan Hill tried to amputate him in the middle of a game. Like, he twisted his leg off. Yeah, when I hear glass, I think of a guy that gets hurt a lot, even non-contact or from something that you feel he shouldn't. Chris Carson gets hurt because his style is so aggressive, and he will run right at you. Mm, Okay. Yeah, and, and look, like, that style lends itself to maybe getting banged up a little bit. Text in 710-710. Paul Gallant is glass, perhaps. Actually, that's accurate. <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of injuries, maybe this is me manifesting my own personal feelings about myself and my tiny little sports injuries on James Paxton. But I, at the very least, know I, I am. I have, I have crap bones, and my mom does too. This is something that runs through this, the family genetically. I eat, like, calcium pills. Like, that's going to help. I haven't broken anything in a bit, so there's that. I think it, hey, my mom made us drink milk with every meal growing up. Because she said it keeps you from getting broken bones. Four kids. None of us have ever broken a bone. I hated milk. I didn't <laughs> like it. We I had didn't s- like it either. We had skim milk, too. I know some people, they drink whole milk. And I went through this phase a couple of years ago where I was trying to bulk up, yeah, you know, to be someone no. that would listen to Pantera. And when I did that, went through that phase, they, the, this trainer told me, drink whole milk. So I did. And I'm pretty sure that that is the reason that I no longer can do anything dairy. Like, I can't do ice cream because that just turned everything into a struggle. And that was like two days of that. Two days of whole milk, like having a three cups a day or something like that. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> Anywho, uh, this is the Paul Gallant Show where we don't say the word glass anymore. It is stricken from the record. So let it be written. So let it be done. 710-710 is the text line. You can tweet me too. At Gallant says... Those comments by Warren Moon and by Brandon Marshall aren't compatible, right? Plus, I know that this guy is the next big contract, Jamal Adams, but he's not the most important Seahawk that has a question about his contract in the future. I'll tell you who that is next. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. We just saw from the Mariners, James Paxton has been placed on the 10-day injured list with left forearm strain along with Jake Fraley. Braden Bishop and LJ Newsom have been recalled from the alternate training site. So there's your roster moves. No Logan Gilbert, no Jared Kelnick. For those who were hoping, we'll find out more about James Paxton from Shannon Dreyer in about 10, 15 minutes or so. So I was asking y'all before we get back into talking about glass, because there have been some really funny texts, 710, 710 from you guys. I forgot another face that we've gonna have we're gonna have to add to the evidence board. And that's that of Carlos Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap, who had his introductory press press conference and is going to join us on Danny and Gallant 
tomorrow, 9.30, if I'm not mistaken, Mora. He is very, I think, strongly believing that Russell Wilson is going to be back under center next year. Why? Because Russ told him. I did ask him if obviously he was going to be with us because if I'm coming back, I'm coming back because I see him as my quarterback and the rest of the team. I want to pick up where we left off. And he told me that he's he's with us and he's here to stay. And he said, you know, let's go Hawks. And I'm not going to quote his every word or um, these words are not his words verbatim, but these are my explanation of how I interpreted what he said. A lot of different ways to interpret the latter part of that. Some have interpreted as Russ being perhaps a little bit more animated, perhaps using choice language there. I think it's Dunlap's uncomfortable that he is in that spot being asked about the future because he knows even if he is talking with a quarterback about his future with the franchise, you don't ever 100% know for sure if an opinion is going to change in a couple of weeks or days or years. You don't know. Honestly, if you're looking for a perfect example of that, it's Jamal Adams, who apparently had told Le'Veon Bell that he was going to stay with the New York Jets. But things changed, and of course, Jamal Adams worked his way out of New York. He had a play in that. I don't blame him. The Jets stink. So I understand why he went about it that way. This is a different situation with Russ. Russ telling Carlos Dunlap something I want to believe, that that's something that's set in stone, but it isn't, no matter how much we want. But we gotta have to put we're gonna have to put Carlos Dunlap on the board, along with Colin Coward, Mark Rogers, Brandon Marshall, Warren Moon. So we got a couple of faces on the well, how's Russell Wilson feeling? Uh evidence board. Some texts, 710-710. These have to do with the word glass. One person texted in after I said, glass shall be stricken from the records. Glass, how many times? One, two, three, four, five, five. 14 times in one text. In fact, it didn't even fit them all in. Uh, some others, I'm in a glass case of emotion. Yes, I am literally in a glass ta- case of emotion, but there's a soundproof glass that is holding me in. And Another texter says, Paul, There are way more things in life to get upset about. Toughen up. Don't be glass about this situation. I guess it would be soft. Well, I mean, I'm a sports talk show host. I am powered by being incensed with certain things that grind my gears in the way that they so ground one Peter Griffin. This text is just mean. So if I call Stacy soft for falling down the stairs, can I also call Pax soft? No. No. Stacy's not. I mean, that's more klutzy than it's soft, isn't it? And that happens. I've fallen down the stairs myself. I'm not going to judge. I just haven't had it happen at work and then had another time where I was crossing the street and slipped and a coworker may have been looking out the window and laughed. That wasn't me. Totally not me. Sorry about that, Stacey. Uh, Some other text. This person wants to clarify. He's not calling me a turd. He is calling me a tool and a hypocrite. Well, okay. Good day to you, sir. All right, then. He's very polite about it. (laughs) He would never go stoop to that level. 
<laughs> Someone texted in, glass turd. That sounds, sounds painful. Paul, you're a soft piece of glass, not tempered. Well, if I was a soft piece of glass, wouldn't that mean I'm in a liquid state? Because glass is actually like a liquid. And that would mean that I'm like the T-1000, right? In Terminator 2? I'm Robert Patrick. That means I'm, I mean, Robert Patrick may be the fastest man in any movie that we've ever seen. I'm pretty fast. You may be overthinking this. Uh, of, of course I'm overthinking this, Maura Dooley. <laughs> I, I did tease. <laughs> Paul, please, quit, quit. I can't even spell or speak or say the word speak when I'm trying to say the word speak. Paul, please, quit. I can't say quit. I can't say quit. What's going on right now? I can't read the word quit. Paul, please quit beating the dead horse. Okay, here's what I wanted to dive into. So Jamal Adams. I have to come out to the mound and talk to you. Yeah, I know. Are we we good? Uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) You know, the movie Major League came out on this day in 1988, 1989. And I am right now, yeah, a little bit of Rick Vaughn going on here. So I appreciate your walk to the mound more, Dooley. We are back on track after being rattled for just a moment. There are two big contracts that the Seahawks have on the horizon. The first and obvious one is Jamal Adams. This is the last year of his contract. It's important that the Seahawks get that one done. But if you really want to make Russell Wilson happy forever, DK Metcalf getting his and really getting his, that might be the better way to go about it. And maybe that's something that the Seahawks take care of early next offseason. Honestly, I think I'd be calling DK right now and talking about that extension because he's going to get a ton. And just think about how marketable he is and how much. And that's not a big that's not a big part of this, you know, but. You might find yourself in a situation where DK is like, I know what I'm worth. I know the kind of excitement that I would bring to any team that were to sign me in free agency, say I don't decide to come back to the Seahawks. They don't have that fifth-year option because, of course, he's a second-round pick. I guess they could franchise tag him, but franchise tagging a wide receiver, not always the best approach. And, I mean, why not just reward the guy with the long-term deal? DK Metcalf's contract, I, I, I think, is going to be more difficult and more important to get taken care of than that of Jamal Adams. Of course, you traded two first-round picks for DK Metcalf is, I think, one of the most special young receivers I've ever been able to witness firsthand. I got to watch DeAndre Hopkins in his formative years in Houston. Metcalf is just this athletic freak that I compare to Giannis in wide receiver form. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I can say that. I can't say the word quit. Huh. It's a little ironic. Um, If they can take care of it earlier... I say, why not start the ball rolling right now? Because there's also the added benefit of DK Metcalf seems to be the one wide receiver that Russell Wilson is trying to take everywhere he goes. And we know that Russell Wilson doesn't exactly have the biggest of circles. Since he doesn't have the biggest of circles, why not get one of the guys who clearly seems to be in his circle to stick around as long as possible, as soon as possible? Because DK Metcalf is willing to go work out with Russell Wilson again this offseason, even though when we talked to him this past August, sounded like he doesn't really want to learn a whole lot more from Russell Wilson. <laughs> he had some, he had some, I think, comments that definitely need to be 
dived into further when he was talking about Russell Wilson teaching him how to swim and if he would ever want Russell Wilson to teach him anything again. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. Coming up next, we're going to welcome Shannon Dreyer into the sports pit. What is up with James Paxton? Is this an injury that's going to keep him out for a long time? Do we have a feel for this elbow strain and the severity of it? We'll talk to her next. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to fail with Paul Gallant. And joining me right now from 710sports.com, our Mariners beat reporter, Shannon Dreyer. Shannon, I was very bummed last night. I was super excited to see the debut of the Big Maple here in Seattle. And, of course, it lasted, what, uh, not even two innings. How is he doing, and what's the latest that you have for us on his status? Well, the latest is he has uh, undergone the MRI. They won't have those looked at probably until the next hour or so. I'm not sure if we will hear anything today. A lot of times um, it's either very definitive and you hear something or it's not, and there are second opinions and treatment options and whatnot. So uh, we'll see where this goes. But he has had the MRI. Scott Service just spoke and said that when uh, Paxton came in this morning, he said that the forearm was a little bit stiff, and he was feeling more optimistic that it, it wasn't anything terribly serious. But I'm not going to speculate. And it's there. It makes we've heard this kind of thing before, and then heard that somebody is out for the year. So until they get those pictures back and the doctors look at them, we really don't know. All we can do is hope at this point in time. So he's placed on the 10-day injured list. Jake Freely also placed on the 10-day injured list with a left hamstring strain. And the corresponding moves, Braden Bishop and L.J. Newsom recalled from the alternative training site. How do those two injuries affect the Mariners right now? And what are they going to do, I guess, to fill that spot by Jake Freely? Is it Braden Bishop who steps in immediately? And also what happens with the rotation? Well, immediately with the rotation, they are going to keep Nick Margavichus in the rotation. They did bring up L.J. Newsom, and he can give you length out of the pen. And then if they want, if they feel like they need another righty or if, if they see struggles somewhere, they could put him into the rotation. He did have a nice spring. He did change some things with his uh, pitches, with his usage, what he was doing with his breaking ball. And, uh, you know, it might be worth taking a look at some point to see what uh, is going on there because they were very encouraged by what they saw from him making a couple of spot starts uh, for James Paxton in the A games and Paxton had to go back and pitch in a B game or a sim game because of the work visa issues. So the starting rotation as far as having somebody there, they, they've got somebody. Uh, on the other end, Braden Bishop is called up. He will play some, but I think you are going to see more of perhaps Dylan Moore in the outfield, uh, more of Sam Haggerty in the outfield. And I, uh, pet peeve and something I absolutely hate uh, is infielders in the outfield, but Haggerty actually has a lot of experience in the outfield. He played there quite a bit in the minor leagues, actually quite, played quite a bit of center field in the minor leagues, even though he is kind of more of a utility infielder. He's played a lot of outfield. And Dylan Moore, and this sounds ridiculous, but it was a short season. Gold Glove Awards came out last year. They were based entirely on the SDI scores, which is fall numbers. He actually came in sixth in right field for the Gold Glove Awards last year. So, And and he's progressing as an outfield. He's got much less experience there, but he's progressing in that regard. So 
Um, I, I think that you'll see probably a little bit more of that than just putting Braden Bishop out there every day. You and Danny share that pet peeve. He said it in the exact same way earlier today. I can see why, because sometimes you do see guys out at the outfield who are ooh, a little bit suspect with the old defense. I don't want to freak out, Shannon, because it's early in the season. And, of course, the Mariners have plenty of games left to be played. I I am a little bit concerned about the offense. What has it been to this point that you think is holding them up? Uh, You have a very young offense, and they've run into some very good pitching in the first four games and first five games. And, you know, it's... When And this is, I think, one of the products. When you bring so many young players up, there's nowhere to hide them. And uh, if it's one player that doesn't stand out as much, if it's one player, there are days where they might give that guy a break against some of the tougher pitching. And I think you saw that last night with Taylor Trammell. But you can't do that with an entire roster. You're also looking at a roster that's missing Kyle Lewis, and and that certainly hurts as well. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, that bullpen that we've witnessed the last two nights is absolutely insane. Uh, when you are seeing 98s all over the place and 98-mile-an-hour sinkers and 92-mile-an-hour change-ups, I mean, it's up, down, left, right, and coming in hot everywhere. And, you know, that's a tough at bat. And Giolito has, uh, you know, improved on what he was last year, which was very good. Um, and Rodon, you, you saw an increase in velocity that we hadn't seen before. So uh, it, it's it's kind of a rough go with what they're getting. but. You know, these are the guys that they're investing in. And uh, you can sit here and say, yes, it's early. And, and you can give them a little bit of, I don't know if a pass is the right word, but let's, you know, be realistic. It's a young team and it's early. They have to show that they can handle this stuff at some point. Maybe not this week, maybe not next week, but in the coming months, they have to show that they can handle this. So, you know, it's something to keep an eye on. Is it an absolute surprise that, uh, you know, they just got a little overwhelmed by some pretty big velocity uh, in the last few days? Not really. Um, the balance is a little bit off. They are not hitting lefties. That's got to come around for them. You know, these are things that we need to learn this year, and these are things that, uh, you know, quite honestly, the success of this team uh, will in large part be based on. One last question for you, Shannon. We are getting to see Justin Dunn for the first time this year. You got to see him firsthand in Peoria we know that he looks entirely different. He's in the best shape it seems like he's ever been in. What can they expect from him this afternoon? Well, you don't know, and, and that's what it's been with Justin Dunn all along. You don't know. From his first outing when he just lost it, he was as nervous. I don't know if nervous is the right word, but the adrenaline took over and could not throw a strike and, and uh, you know, was out of it faster than I've seen a young player in a long, long time. But then you've also seen kind of windows where the strikeout stuff is very, very real. What we didn't see up until spring training was the velocity, and that was back. And what hit me is in what we were witnessing with Justin Dunn last year and when he came up for a short time in 2019 was a young pitcher trying to pitch without his weapons because we saw the weapons this year. So now it's a matter of you know putting it together and pitching when you need to pitch and letting it loose when you need to let it loose. And it was a little bit of an up-and-down affair in spring training. There were times when he looked absolutely brilliant there were other times where he looked like 2019 and 2020 justin dunn so it's up to him he's a little bit like you say kikuchi in that i think he's got the stuff and now it's what you do with that stuff how you handle yourself on the mound and uh, you know stick within a game plan and go from there so i don't know and he hasn't had you know the 
two years or the year and two months that Kikuchi has had. So you need to give him, I think, a little bit of leeway to get back into the game with what he has right now. But if he can put it all together, you see why he was such a highly regarded prospect and a highly drafted young player. It looked very legitimate in spring training. Shannon, we always appreciate you joining us in the sports pit. I'm bummed for you that the first afternoon game of the season is going to be in sub-50-degree weather, but I hope you enjoy today's game. (laughs) Bring your space heater. It is a very Seattle April day right now. (laughs) (laughs) That it is. Shannon, thank you so much. Anytime. It is the Paul Gallant Show. Big thanks to Shannon for stopping by. Big thanks to Maura Dooley who makes this thing happen behind the glass, to the texters, the tweeters, and even those people who use the word glass. I am merely you Paul Gallant. Yeah, I did. I don't know what to say now. And now we find ourselves in quite the predicament. <laughs> so long, farewell. You'll hear Danny and I tomorrow morning at 7.